millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Dope Black Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is that you're listening to this podcast. This is the Dope Black Dads podcast. My name is Umar, also known as The Kank, and I'm here today to talk about masculinity and society's expectations of how young black men specifically should behave. And to have that conversation, I've got the most amazing person who's talked about this uh, from a wide perspective for a number of years now, and his name is Ben Hurst. Now, Ben is an activist, an educator. He's a host, a presenter, a podcaster, a model, a public speaker, head of facilitation and training at Beyond Equality, which is formerly the Good Lad Initiative. And this is an organization which is UK-based, and it engages men and boys in a gender equality conversation across schools universities and corporate spaces and it looks at rethinking masculinities and promoting positive personhood and healthy relationships now ben does discuss these topics online most notably in his tedx talk boys won't be boys if you have not watched it i suggest you watch it it is 11 minutes of pure bliss and enjoyment and i you know highly recommend that you listen to it because ben raises a lot of interesting points and we're going to talk a little bit about those um in in our discussion today but um alongside this it you know the boys won't be boys tedx talk is about boys will be what we teach them to be and in print we he has features in stylist magazine postscript positive news and many many more publications ben's work focuses on dismantling the gender stereotypes that men inhabit and encouraging them to explore their own relationships to masculinity he's also a freelance dei consultant and trainer for a number of organizations he's not allowed to mention because he signed a lot of ndas uh, <laughs> without reading them uh, first uh, uh, as a lawyer uh, yes next right. time get somebody to uh, look over that for you yeah, but yeah, we will yeah, go to that, that. Well, we can run that. But uh, I can talk about some of the people he has done work with, which have included uh, the UNHCR, Virgin, Sky, Travis Smith, and Soho House. He's also co-host of the TEDx London Climate Curious Podcast, which is really good and talks about the the current current climate crisis that we're going through. And Ben's focus really is all about making important conversations accessible for young people and adults from all walks of life. And he's currently working on his first book. Ben is a very busy man. Ben, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the podcast. How are you good doing, morning, sir? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm doing well. That was such a nice intro. Thank you so much. You're most welcome. Pure bliss and enjoyment is a nice way. To, <laughs> that's a good way to plug a, a TED talk. Trust um, me. I appreciate that. it, man. That's cool, Ben. You know, I'm, I've watched many a TED talk, you mm, know, like mm. especially in, in in my world as a podcaster as well for Dope mm. Black Dads and, you know, in my life as a lawyer outside of all of this. And I think, you know, your podcast really resonated with me because I think the issue of toxic masculinity is something mm. that we constantly talk about a lot within Dope Black Dads. 
And also I think, you know, as black men, it is something that we have often struggled with massively right. over the years. And I think, you know, being children of immigrants who come to this country and our parents' perceptions and experiences, you know, our, our fathers, I should say, really, their perceptions and experiences and uncles and cousins, etc., brothers, about being a black man in this society and what that means. I think it's, uh, it is quite a fascinating uh, topic to, to have a discussion on. So, right. You know, I mean, let's, let's kick off. I mean, in your view, in your opinion, and in your experiences, mm-hmm. how would you define masculinity and toxic masculinity from the experiences that you've had? Um, so how would I define masculinity and toxic masculinity is a good question. I think I would define masculinity um, as the set of expectations and behaviours that we attach to people who we identify as men. Um, mm-hmm. So whether that's like people who are biologically male, um, whether that's people that we see as as boys or people who we expect that from, um, I would say masculinity is all of those things. It's like an unwritten rule book, right, of ways that you're supposed to be um, if people around you are telling you you're a man. Um, and then toxic masculinity, I would say, is that same thing. But I would say it's the version that we get of it, Um when it is pushed to an extreme where it becomes harmful to either ourselves or to other people. Um, And so, and I think that's an important distinction, right? Harmful either to ourselves or Mm. to other people. And I I guess in in the culture and the society that we live in at the moment, we see a version of it that is massively harmful to to other people. Mm. Um, Whether that's women, non-binary people, trans people, whoever it might be, people of other genders, um, we see that there's like a disproportionate impact in terms of violence, in terms of uh, crime, in terms of harassment, all of those kinds of ideas in mm-hmm. the ways that men are relating to other people, but also like a massive impact on us and ourselves, right? In terms of our own mental health, in terms of our life expectancy, which is shorter. Um, and it, for me, this conversation all boils down to like, what is it about being a man mm. that means that the outcomes for us and the outcomes for everybody around us are really bad Mm. Um, and and how do we identify those things and then maybe tackle or change them without trying to prescribe a new way of being a man because I think that that's sometimes where we get get a little bit lost and often we're throwing the baby out of the bathwater do you know what I mean and Mm. the conversation moves from this point of like analyzing toxic masculinity into just throwing masculinity out completely and saying it's all bad and get rid of it and and reimagine something different so i think yeah that that's a a big conversation right is how do we as men reimagine that for ourselves in a way that's not as harmful Mm, i mean from your experiences when we're talking about masculinity toxic masculinity itself Mm -hmm. what have you what kind of things have you been seeing that it's kind of giving you cause for concern and actually to the point where you're you're you know you're a trainer around there and you're educating other people on it hmm. well do you know what my, my in my experience i i ended up doing this job in a really weird way so i started mm. um when i was about 15 i decided that i was like i grew up in a christian household so i decided i was going to go into ministry and i knew that that was what i wanted to do mm. i was going to be a pastor i went to seminary i did three years at bible college and uh, got my degree but I got kicked out in my last year because I had sex which was super awkward um, and so it kind of it all went down the toilet do you know what I mean and I, I came out of that thinking like what am I going to do and I've got three older sisters uh-huh. um, and two of them are teachers so they were like you should teach you'll love it but I didn't want to study anymore so I ended up like going into a job as a cover teacher in a secondary school for a couple of years mm-hmm. and I did that until I started to hate kids 
And I don't know, you know, like if you work in a school, the staff room is a dark place, bro. So I, I couldn't hack it anymore. Yeah. I left that job and went to a charity that was teaching sex education because obviously at that point I knew about sex. Um, and I, I wanted to like talk to young people, use the skills that I developed over the years to put that to good use. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was working for this charity where I was teaching sex ed in schools around South London. Mm. Um, and a big part of that job was developing a, a boys project about being a good man. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I sat down on my first day to like make this project. And I was like, yeah, this is easy. I know. And for me, that was probably my first time coming face to face with the question of like, what is a good man? Mm. Um, how, how do you, how can you be a good man? And then also how do you teach boys what that is and enable them to become that? Um, and so I started this big journey of like research and pretending to read books and watching loads of TED talks and videos online. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I think I came across loads of organisations in the UK that were saying stuff like take boys into the forest and ch- teach them to chop down trees and build houses and they'll get in touch with their masculinity and learn responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's cool, but it just didn't really resonate with me. Um, and then I came across the organisation I work for now and I actually messaged them and was like, can you send me some resources? Mm-hmm. And they said I could have the resources if I came to the training. So I, I came to the training right, for, for this organisation purely to steal the stuff and not like thinking anything too deep about it. Um, <laughs> but it was my first time, I think, being in a room yeah. full of men where I felt like I was having a real conversation. And I, in my household, it was like three older sisters, my mum, and my dad and my dad's pretty stoic right he's not like or when i was growing up in the home he wasn't Mm -hmm. a big talker he wasn't like he was a good a good dad um but he just wasn't very vocal Mm. um and so i got like all of my emotional intelligence from women and like all of that practice of how to do that stuff and so in that room i was like oh wow like guys are really talking about stuff and and they were talking about real stuff like their relationships Mm. with their parents their relationships with their fathers romantic relationships like their own relationships with themselves and their mental Mm. health and all of that kind of stuff and for me it was I think a moment of realization that this stuff is about me like it's not just about because I think that that's the the big message that we give out right is like we need to fix masculinity because we're hurting other people but also it was about my own relationship to myself Mm. and all of those times at work where I'd go into the toilet and just be crying by myself and thinking I was going nuts um, and not realizing number one that that was a shared experience but number two that there was something about being a man that meant that I was experiencing that alone and I didn't feel like I could talk to other people about it or explore it. Um, and so, yeah, from from the moment I got here, I was like, oh, this is what I want to do, man. Like, I want to like understand it for myself and then help other people to understand it. Because I think there's so much freedom mm. um, in understanding your own relationship to masculinity. And also asking those questions of like, where did I get this from? How mm. did I learn this? Who taught me? Um, who says that it has to be the way that I've I believed it's meant to be? Um, and so it was a real journey of like questioning those like deep rooted beliefs and, and ideas and ideologies mm. and coming to better conclusions for myself. And I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm super passionate about giving other people that experience or giving them the opportunity to do that own experience for themselves. Mm. And I think it's important what, you know, those points that you raise, because I know like for me personally, I've always been somebody who's in touch relatively with my emotions i wouldn't right. say like I, obviously you can't probably tell because i'm sat down but you know i'm a big you know i'm a big black man and i think a lot of right, people right. will kind of expect me like growing up over the years to be like yeah you're gonna like tough it out and you know like you, you ain't gonna cry mm-hmm. and you know I, I think people have this kind of perception and actually i'm, I'm quite an emotional person like i mm. i feel like you know 
it's okay if you feel a certain way to express that emotion. It's not like, mm. I, you know, I'm not about about kind of sitting there and be like, yeah, I just need to tough it out, innit? Like, yeah, I ain't saying nothing to no one. Like, yeah, you, you know, because like, yeah, literally firming it all the time. And I think it it's so it's so dangerous because mm. I think because I think one of the things that you talked about, and we'll come on to this in a little while, but I think suicide is such mm. a big thing. And I think part of that is because people are so spending so much time firming it and not actually being in touch with their emotions and dealing with some of the issues that they've got going through because society is telling them to be a certain way that people get to that breaking point and it's just like yeah. i can't do this anymore yeah and then that's it it's like i give up and then i kind of need to you know move on with that and and i think yeah it's 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 dangerous and i think there is definitely something about the way a lot of children young people are growing up in terms of what they're experiencing what they're seeing what yeah. they're being told is masculine and i know obviously people like andrew tate for example is quite mm. prevalent in the media at the moment and i think his way of doing things for example you know some of the stuff that he's been saying about masculinity i mean is this something you know people like him obviously they're quite prevalent in the media at the moment but has he been somebody that's been coming up in some of the work Yo. that you're doing and you know how are young people reacting to that yeah it's it's been wild man it's been a, a conversation for us for about a year and a half now uh, like hearing hearing this name andrew tate or uh hearing references to like a top g and i think the first couple of months we were trying to figure it out we didn't really know what was going on um until we built a picture i think across facilitators in our organization of mm. hearing these references all the time um, and starting to do a little bit of research and figuring out who this guy was and what yeah. he was saying. Um, and there's a part of it that's really scary and shocking, right? But then there's another part of it, which is that this is literally a carbon copy of all of the other influencers who have gone before in the same vein, promoting mm. misogyny, um, promoting ideals of mas- masculinity that can be harmful to, to men, especially harmful to boys. Mm. Um, but this is, yeah, this has been a big conversation. So we we ran a uh, online workshop the other day for our teachers forum. Um, and we had about 500 teachers, I think, in the chat who were all absolutely desperate to know how to have this conversation with boys about Andrew Tate. Yeah. Um, and, and he's promoting some yeah like on, on one hand like some really basic stuff like make your bed in the morning do you know what I mean like things that are like if you want to be a man this is how you do it and ideas mm. about being successful um, being strong being in control of your emotions um, being able to get with women being able to have sex with all the women you want to have sex with having possessions mm. buying nice things living a luxurious life and I think loads of those things like don't necessarily have to be inherently bad but then mm. it's tied up with all of this like insidious stuff that's really really harmful and yeah. Um, uh, yeah and, and some some really really dangerous stuff and i think the problem with it is that you, you're not often coming across 35 year old men who are like yeah this guy's the truth bro it's always children yeah um, and i think the problem with that is that kids don't have the media literacy to be able to see the stuff and analyze it for themselves and mm-hmm. say oh, i'll take this bit and i'll leave this bit or this is true this is false um, and when people are just blindly like buying into this messaging, it is super harmful for them. And I think actually the biggest thing that we are seeing at the moment is like 
the conversation from the girls in the school and we don't work with the girls in the school so this is all like secondhand information to us mm-hmm. um, but teachers reporting that loads of girls are reporting that the boys are talking to them in ways that they don't want to be spoken to they're harassing them they're telling them they belong in the kitchen they're telling them that they need to shut up they don't want to hear their opinions all of this kind of stuff um which they're getting from these like emboldened personalities online who are promoting this very very toxic form of masculinity mm. um, and and you can see why it resonates you know what i mean like i think that there are so many elements of it that are like tied so intricately or so closely to like core tenets of what we believe as a society to be masculinity mm. so those ideas like you said of like not expressing emotion not crying um, not being weak, not being vulnerable, being aggressive, being dominant, being a protector, being a provider. Um, and we see that everywhere in our society, like media, mm. music, film, TV, um, tradition, family, religion. Everywhere we go, we get that version of masculinity put on us. Um, and so when somebody steps in and says, you can do all of that stuff and also be rich and famous like me, um, and all you have to do is call every single woman a slut then boys are like yeah i could do that bro it's no problem it's no skin off my back and um, so i think yeah we gotta we gotta figure out how to have that conversation in ways mm. that are a little bit more productive for the boys um and there's something about being a teenage boy that means that you are intrinsically wired to like test boundaries to mm. um to to take risks to do things that are like uh provocative um and I think, yeah, the boys are buying into that idea. So we've got to figure out how we mm. have that conversation in a way that kind of moves them to better conclusions. You know what I mean? Or at mm. least allows them to think for themselves. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, I think it's interesting you say that. And and, and again, I think I want to focus a bit more in terms of black men. Mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, we're both black. We've both grown up here in, this, in the UK. And I think for me, I grew up in a household where, you know, my parents are from Nigeria. So my dad mm. very much came with this notion of, Yes, you know, as 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 the man of the house, you know, when you get married, this is what you need to do. You need to be the protector. You need to be the provider. Um, you know, you you kind of you don't you keep things to yourself. Like if you're having if you're struggling, you don't talk to your your wife about these things. You just kind of you know you just you just roll with it. You find a way. You find a solution. All of this is kind of like all wrapped up in kind of masculinity. And actually, it got to a point where I was just like. Yo, this doesn't work. Bro. <laughs> I can't do this. No, I, I was, I'm like, I, 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 no, this, this yeah. isn't working for me. Like, all of this notion that you came with, fair enough. Maybe it worked when you were in Nigeria, but we are now in a very different age where mm. you know women. My my wife is my equal. Like, it's yeah. not about like I married somebody who is not my equal. Mm. You know, she is my equal. So therefore, you know, we make decisions together. We raise our children together. Mm. You know, we have discussions together. It's not about me saying, "Oh, do you know what? Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna affirm it. I'm not saying anything." And then next yeah. thing you know, like there's, there's trouble at your door. Like, <laughs> you know, you just like the yeah, because because I feel like yeah, that that doesn't work for. For, yeah. for people so why I mean why do you think it is like especially for black men why this continues to be an issue in terms of you know the masculinity side yeah, of stuff it's, it's a big question right and I think there are well the, the, the simple answer is systemic racism right I, I think that's always going to be the simple mm. answer to any question we ask about blackness mm-hmm. um, and particularly blackness in the western world or blackness in the UK um, but I, I do think there are elements of our 
of our cultures, elements of our traditions Mm -hmm. that we have picked up and internalized, um, which are in some ways, like my parents came over here from, came over to here from the Caribbean, right? So Mm -hmm. my my dad from Barbados, my mom from St. Lucia. Um, And I think there's these ideas about masculinity that were, that existed there, that they've carried over to here, that also existed here. Um, And then there's this element of, of race that plays this, it creates this kind of dynamic where these things are no longer about. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When we're talking about masculinity, so we're talking about ideas like being a protector, being a provider. Mm. These are no longer questions of this is the right thing to do or this is like a moral conversation this is a question of survival now right like Mm. this is i think for for our parents and for that generation above us being a protector and a provider wasn't just about um wanting to be a good man it was also about life and death it was it was about if i don't do this nobody else can do it for me if i don't do it it doesn't happen yeah um and then all of those like you add the religious elements whichever major world religion it might have been um you add like cultural taboos and things that we do and don't speak about things that are meant to happen in the home things that are meant to happen internally things that are not meant to happen between people mm-hmm. i think you just get a big soup of things that are really complicated yeah um and mascul- masculinity is i i think difficult for everyone mm. um but in my own experience as a black man, I would say there are some some things that are pretty unique as as challenges, um, and like even coming to the idea of like hypersexualization, right? When when we think of what masculinity is supposed to be in terms of how men relate to women and heterosexuality and mm. all of those kinds of ideas, um, dominating women, being able to have sex with women, being able to to chat to women, all of those kinds of things. Um, how does that play out when you're a, a, a black man who doesn't fit into that mold? Do you know what I mean? If, if you're a black man who doesn't feel like that's who you are or that's what you want to be, or you're a black man who does feel like that's who you are, that's who you want to be, how harmful is that idea when it's not just that basic idea of men are supposed to be like this, but then also added to that, well, your type of man is supposed to be like this to times 10, times 100. You're meant mm. to be bigger. You're meant to be stronger. You're meant to be more dominant. You're meant to be more in charge, more in control, more aggressive, um, more sexually successful, have more sexual prowess, have a bigger penis, all of those kinds of ideas, um, which are things that also you're never supposed to talk about <laughs> do you mm. know what I mean there's never a space when you're growing up because then your parents don't talk to you about sex no, parents no. aren't out here trying to educate young black boys about sexual dynamics um, so I think yeah it just it just creates this really complicated thing mm-hmm. um, that is quite hard to unpick for the average person anyway and then mm-hmm. even more difficult to unpick I think if you are um, a black boy um, who's grown up in a culture where all of those things are off the table um, so yeah, I, I think that like we see it in workshops, right? When we're working with kids, um, that black boys are uh, often desperate to have this conversation. Mm. That is often the first time that they've been around an adult 
um, and they're able to ask these questions or or, or explore these kinds of ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're and they're also some of the people in those sessions who self police the most vigorously, right? Like they they are uh, often the voices that are. Um, most vocal about homophobia often the voices that are most vocal about um, what men are supposed to do what how men are supposed to relate to women mm. um, what it means to, to get girls and blah 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 blah. and loads of that comes from media loads of it I'm sure comes from home loads of it comes from culture um, but I think that those are things that we need to give some extra space for mm. unpacking um, because it, it, this whole journey of masculinity is like a journey of unlearning for everyone right it's it's like when we come face to face with the things that cause us harm we've got to make a, a conscious decision to move in the opposite direction mm-hmm. and I think um, when you've never been taught how to do that that's a, mm. that's a, a, a more difficult journey to make but it's still one that's very very possible mm. and I'm one that's really fun I think <laughs> when, when you're in the rooms with the kids like they're, they're having a lot of fun chatting about this kind of stuff mm. i mean do, do you think there's a like uh there's an absence of male role models in their lives that has led to this or is it a case of it's just a society thing so you know society regardless whether you've you know grown up with a, a male influence in your life or not mm. the society is already like you said there's a systemic racism element there that they've already painted you out that, you know, as a black man, this is what we expect of you. So if you're a black boy of a certain age, we expect that you're going to behave like this. When you get to teenagers, we expect mm-hmm. you're going to be in prison. If you're an adult, we expect you're going to be doing this type of thing. So, I mean, where, where, where would you sit on that? Yeah, I think, I think honestly, I think role model or none, like you're, <laughs> you, you still have a very clear picture in your mind mm. of what black masculinity is even if you have somebody in the household who models a different version of that. Um, and, I, and I do really deeply believe that, that that is like one of the the cruxes of this conversation is that we have to have different, but we have to have plurality in mm. our versions of black masculinity, right? We have to have different ways of black men being and existing. And none of which are right or wrong, all of which are just different. And um, I think one of the big elements about race and about blackness in particular mm-hmm. is that elimination of freedom of choice. Um, so having all of those, like at every step, your choices are taken away from you. Mm. Um, when you're playing, when you're in PE and you want to pick which sports you do, you're pushed to certain sports because of the colour of your skin. Do you know what I mean? Or in, mm. in certain lessons or your behaviour, there's studies that have come out in, in recent years about um, the, the policing of black boys' behaviours in classrooms and, and black boys are looked at three times more often um, than children of other races um, in terms of discipline in classrooms. So all of these ideas of what it means to be a black boy mm. and therefore what it means to be a black man mm. um, are very tunnel vision and you see it all the time right like you see it with like we we talk about what i find so crazy about this is that even for for those of us who are black men having this conversation we talk about it as though it is an absolute even though that might not have been our lived reality mm. do you know what i mean like i i talk about black boys in classrooms as though they are troublesome or difficult or they've got behavior issues or they're loud or they're boisterous even though when i was in school I was a very well-behaved kid. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I didn't want to get in trouble at home. I didn't want to get in trouble with my parents. Exactly. Like I had a very... And so those two versions of what it meant to be a black boy, um, coming from a, a, 
a family with my mum and my dad at home, three older siblings who all looked out for me, all guided me in certain directions. Mm-hmm. Uh, know it like coming from a religious background where I knew right the difference between right and wrong and all of these kinds of things. I still had this image in my mind of what it meant to be a black man, um, which was like the cool kind of version of what it is that you see on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that being a very singular message at that point in time, so there's only one way of being a black male um i think means that we've got a we've got some real work to do in like showing kids mm. different versions of what this is um and 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 like happy and healthy versions of it do you know what i mean like it's not to say if you are a black man who does want to be the provider and does want to be the head of the household and does want to be the leader in your family that you're wrong and you're a misogynist and blah blah just to say well how does your partner feel about that how does your wife feel about that is she happy to do that and if you're both happy to do that do that bro like live your best life and and enjoy life but if you're not if that doesn't sit right for you or it doesn't sit right for the people around you there are also all of these other ways of being that are accessible and possible Mm. and and so yeah when when i when we talk about role modeling like i i hate the conversation because i think so often what we're talking about is putting people on pedestals um, and and people are destined to fall off. Do you know what I mean? Everybody's mm. going to make mistakes. Every man that we say is the, the pinnacle of what we're trying to be is going to yeah. fail at some point. So I think it's less about the individuals and more about the ways of being. Um, but yeah, that that plural, pr- plurality in ways of being, I think is super, super important. Mm. And I think, I think it's interesting that you say that because I think, yeah, there is definitely... It's, also, it's, it, it's it's almost like a binary conversation in some yeah. respects because I think what you tend to find is people will try and box it off in, in a particular way so it's like you know and again that's what, one of the reasons I was raising that question with you before was because you know some people might be like okay yeah if we get more positive black male role models it's going to solve the issue or yeah. if we've got more dads that are present this is going to solve the issue or mm. you know blah 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 but actually it's a combination of all of those things that is going to make the huge difference in their in their lives and I think having those conversations is the way to kind of deal with it and to tackle it because I think it's all about normalizing the fact that you can feel certain things and kind of not trying to get children and young people to be firm in it all the time and actually saying yeah. do you know what it's okay if you're upset it's okay to kind of discuss that and I remember a few years ago uh, within Dope Black Dads and I was kind of I was struggling a little bit myself at the time mm. and I remember like I had I literally I did this voice note I, I cried uh, in the voice note and mm. this is a voice note that's gone out to like over a hundred black men <laughs> yeah, on, yeah, on yeah. our WhatsApp chat <laughs> Like, but the outpouring of love that I got from that, yeah, I was just like, you know what, yeah, this is like, okay, fair enough, you know, it's one of those things, yeah, I spoke and what, whatnot, but I think I kind of was trying to say to people, you know what, if you're not okay, it's fine, yeah, you need to reach out, you need to talk about it, stop trying to firm it all the time because you know what, we're not about that life, and I think for me, especially as I've got a son, I'm trying to teach him. It's yeah. okay to be in touch with your emotions. It's like, you know, I'm not expecting you to firm it all the time. And I think, you know, when I was growing up, if you fell and hurt yourself, it would be like, get up, yeah, innit? Bro. What's wrong with <laughs> you? What are you yeah, crying man. for? Yeah. You know, that type of thing. Now it's more like, okay, you, you're being more sensitive. You're being more alert and more aware. Um, and I think it kind of brings me on to my next point about the effects of toxic masculinity and masculinity mm. itself on, on people's mental health. Because as I said before, statistically, we know, you know, under I think under 40s 
you know, the highest rate of suicide is under 14 males. Um, mm. And I think, you know, what, I mean, your experiences, your views on, on masculinity and, and, you know, have you seen like an uptake in terms of people's mental health suffering and, you know, how have the young people that you've spoken to kind of dealt with that in the mm. conversations that you've had? Yeah, it's, do you know what? It's such an important question and you're right about that statistic, right? I think it's men, if you are a man in the UK under the age of 45, mm. suicide is your most likely cause of death. Mm. Um, which is a harrowing statistic. It's absolutely petrifying. We're talking about out of 100% of suicides in the country that are completed, 76% of those are completed by men. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, for me, that brings us back to the question of, well, what is it about being a man that means that we are more susceptible to this? Mm -hmm. Um, And and it's all stuff that you've touched on already, right? Like it's those ideas of um, not asking for help, um, if you if you're struggling with something, you're meant to be able to find the solution to that problem. Mm-hmm. And I think for lots of men, suicide is the ultimate solution, right? They're like, well, if I can't deal with it, I just end it and then it's finished. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas for for loads of people of other genders, often um, there's some kind of cry for help or reach for support before that final decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's like you were speaking right about this idea of sending that message in a, in a, in a WhatsApp group. And I, I can literally go through a similar experience in my own mind where I hit the send button and then I'm immediately thinking I shouldn't have done that. Um, and then the response is so positive, but I think it's that idea of like vulnerability and how scary that is as a thing. Do you know what I mean? Because also none of us are living in isolation we all live within the same social construct Mm -hmm. and that social construct says if you show vulnerability will be exploited yeah and when we're working in schools this is what the kids are talking about we ask them questions like oh um is it weak for a man to cry would you be embarrassed to cry at school Mm -hmm. and so many of the boys are like no everybody feels pain everybody gets upset crying is normal but i would never do it here because if I do it here, I will be bullied. I'll be ridiculed. They won't let me forget it. Um, people will pick on me. People will isolate me. I'll be socially excluded. There are so many consequences that are attached to that idea of vulnerability, yeah. which means that as men, we are completely alone in, in, in all of these, all of these ideas. And I think there's another element of this, right? Which is, um, this idea of so I'm I'm in therapy at the moment I've been in therapy for a couple of years now Mm. Um, and every time I go to therapy I find it so amazing like I start the session always thinking I don't have anything to say Um, and then about five minutes in I'm doing like verbal diarrhea I'm (laughs) machine gunning off all of these things that I'm thinking and feeling I've been there and and it's it's so wild though right because it's like this idea of um once you take the, the cap off, there's so much stuff to come out. But Absolutely. we have never been taught the skill of conversation about emotions. I always say to boys in workshops, like when you were in primary school, what were you doing in the playground? And they're like, oh, playing football, playing throw and catch, playing tag, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I ask them where the girls are. And they are like, the girls were sitting around the side. They were talking. We don't know what they were doing. I'm like, what are they talking about? And they're like, mm, talking about how they feel or like boys they like or whatever. But girls have been practicing this stuff from early, bro. Like yeah. they've been learning how to communicate, learning how to talk, learning Absolutely. how to feel, like just get stuff out and process it. And even like I had a workshop the other day and boys were saying, girls are 
um, more vicious with their words when they're arguing, whereas boys either fight or they pretend it's fine. Mm. Um, and and again, we see that paradigm of like, well, one set of people know how to deal with emotions and the other set of people have no tools. It's either yeah. violence or silence. Yeah. And even, both of those are bad options. You know what I yeah. mean, like not talking about it is as bad as punching someone up. Um, but it means that we never find the vehicle to 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 get through those mm-hmm. emotions we never have the ability to process the stuff that's difficult and i think for so many men this is a lived reality also we're living in a social construct where that expectation is there for men do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. and not just internally not just from ourselves but also from our families from our loved ones from p- potential relationship partners all of those kinds of ideas that that ideal of men being protectors and providers and successful exists mm-hmm. all around us so we feel that pressure from every direction um and then if we don't feel like we can live up to that i think that's a, a big burden to carry especially when everybody's pretending that it's achievable um and everybody's saying well if you can't achieve it there's something wrong with you so you internalize that messaging of there's something wrong with me and then there's nowhere to go with it um and men are not taking therapy they're not they're not on the uptake for calling helplines doing any of the stuff that helps you to to learn how to process those emotions yeah um and so uh, yeah for us a big part of the work that we do is forcing men into that space where they practice talking about emotions like i always start workshops by saying are you good at talking about how you feel when everybody's always like no um and we go around a circle we do like a version of circle time where i'm like give me your name pronouns um one word that describes how you're feeling or what your internal weather's like and some other random facts, what superpower you'd have or whatever. Um, and it's it's really, really interesting. I say they can't say fine, okay, good, happy, hungry, tired. Um, they have to think of a word that actually describes how they're really feeling. And we struggle. Like I still struggle with with talking about how yeah. I feel because it's hard. Um, but it's, it's so important for our own health and for the health of everybody around us like being able to communicate that stuff is when you start looking at and it's so interesting right when you look at like once people have reached the top of maslow's hierarchy of needs and they're at self-actualization they've got some money they've got some success they've got all of the things that they want in life they're not worried about where their next meal is coming from Mm -hmm. look at people like jay-z this guy's been in therapy for years bro like guys are once they get to that point and they've met all of their needs they're like i've got a need inside myself to understand myself and to be able to process how i'm feeling and what i'm thinking um, and so i think we've got to learn how to equip boys with that language and those ideas a little bit earlier um, and like you say like that idea of like um even forcing resilience onto children do you know what i mean like you mm. fall over the question is not what do you need the question is, get up. That's not even a question, it's a statement, get up now. Um, but I think that idea of like allowing people to, ex- number one, experience emotions, number two, communicate them, mm-hmm. and then number three, talk about what it is they need to get yeah. through it or to get over it, I think is a, a great pathway to success for loads of the, the boys that we're working with. Cool. Well, I think on that note, I think that's a brilliant note to to end this on Ben thank you so much for coming on and and speaking to us you know there's so many so many big things that you talked about in this and I think I I could speak to you for a long long time Mm -hmm. (laughs) about this uh, because I think there's you know the importance of kind of having those conversations with our black boys uh, especially and kind of being alive to the fact that you know what you don't need to affirm it Mm. if you're feeling a certain way speak about it and I Mm. think we need to educate 
younger, you know, our younger boys about being able to communicate things effectively and kind of being able to be being able to sit in your emotions and know how to express how you're feeling uh, and not feeling a certain way about it and kind of normalizing that for everyone and saying, Do you know what, it's calm. It's, if it's okay for, for girls and, and women, it's okay for us boys and our men as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, on that note, Ben, thank you so much. Uh, for listening uh, we're going to put links up to uh, you know the work that you do especially mm. hit up that TED talk as I said it's 10 minutes of pure bliss you'll not regret <laughs> it you know it you can find uh, seriously like it's so good there's so many takeaways and in a 10 minute TED talk there's a lot that you can get from that so mm. thank you once again uh, and yes as you as you guys know as ever please subscribe uh, if you haven't already to our podcast you know go to the relevant places Spotify Apple Music Apple Podcasts wherever it is that you listen to your pods um, and also you can catch us on YouTube as well and on our website but have a blessed day whatever it is that you're doing and we'll catch up with you guys soon take care peace Dope Black Podcast Hey it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out Quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands and the best part they're all about safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag hit up quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order that's quince.com/upgrade